Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. It's been a minute. Who am I? <laughs> Who are you? And welcome back to The Bryce is Right. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, a Spellcast. with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed I'd like to start off this one by reading top names for pet llamas. Oh. From a tweet by hit Dustin Stagg. Hit us with it. Barack Obama. <laughs> M. Night. No, we can't. You must. <laughs> I mustn't. Okay. M. Night Llama Lom. <laughs> Even a second time is funnier. <laughs> it's so funny. Llama Del Rey. Can you help me read these? Let me see, let me see. Weird Alpaca Yankovic. Um, <laughs> Dalai Lama. <laughs> I'm sorry. We- <laughs> Weird Horsey Boy. <laughs> Margot Spitter. I don't know that one. Margot Spitter? Margot Spitter. Maybe if I say it fast. Margot Spitter. <laughs> Um, Islamophobe. Oh no! Um, Islamophobia, Nightmare Pony 5000, and Lloyd. It's good. All of them good. Okay. Oof, we just needed a little, um, uh, a little energy break. Is it Yankovic or Yankovic? Yankovic, I think. Weird, okay. Wait, Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic. I just, like, didn't pronounce the last syllable, cause I, or the last um, consonant, because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, like, let this trail off. I just don't know anymore. Here we are, back again for Season 1, Episode 9 of Charmed. The Witch is back. The Witch is back. Back again. Um, okay, so this episode was directed by Richard Denault. And it was written by Cheryl J. Anderson. And it aired on, I don't know, because IMDb is blocking it from me. Okay. And it aired on December 16th, 1998. Huh. We are currently recording this on December 16th, 2018. Exactly 20 years from when it aired. (gasps) Where? 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 My God, can you believe? Jeez. Um, All right. Okay. And you're probably listening to this sometime in January, so. Yeah, so I guess it's not as interesting for whatever. you. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's not for you, it's for us. Yes. Oh, my God. I just opened my notes to accidentally to a previous uh, episode, and the note I had was, why are you so bent about this, Mom? <laughs> I just want to dance. I just want to dance. Footloose and fancy free. It's not a phase. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. So this episode, we do a little, um, we do a little period costumes, which is always fun. Yeah. Oh, we should start out with our three timelines. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's start out with our three our overarching, overarching, overarching plot arches <laughs> from the three sisters. Uh, For our plot tapestry. <laughs> our plot cross-stitch. Yes, we're going to make a tableau of plots. A plotly tableau. We're going to mix our metaphors. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to mix some... Dot com. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in this, um, all three sisters are kind of involved in the same main thing. That they're being attacked by a warlock from the past named Matt, Matthew. Yes, Matthew. And he is attempting to steal all of their powers and then destroy them. And the sisters are involved in this because they are descendants of the witch who trapped Matthew in a locket to suffer for eternity. But now he's out. Now he's out. They gotta battle him. Okay, so we open this episode uh, in the past. Salem, Massachusetts. Wow. It is roughly the time of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, pretty much exactly, yeah. Um, and it's happening. The it's, witch trials are happening. It's going on. And one witch, Melinda Warren, whose name we learn later, or maybe in the scene, who knows, um, is confronting Matthew, our evil baddie of the week. Evil baddie. And she's like, Matthew, because she's in a prison cell. And he comes in to visit her, and she's like, Matthew, you betrayed me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so what? I'm I'm a douchebag. What do you expect? Like, of course I'm going to betray you. You didn't love me? No, man. I just wanted your powers. Classic taking advantage of women. Mm. They always just want your powers. Yeah, they just want your powers. And once they have your powers... They try to get you executed. I will also say that because this is like, what, 1600s, 1700s, New England, everyone has this weird affected accent, mm-hmm. and it's entirely entertaining to hear you recount what they say, but with like modern day slang. <laughs> of course I did it. I'm a douchebag. How, how would he have said it? Um, Nope, can't do it. Nope, I really don't know what that accent is. I don't know either. It's, mm, They say it's British later, but it's not a British accent. Bostonian. Yeah. I get, there's that whole thing, though, that where they say that the early settlers oh, yeah. had similar accents to what we have now. Mm-hmm. And then it's just that um, the, uh, the Queen's language changed to be the way it is now because they all start to get posh, or, like, they tried to adopt the posh affection, inflections. Yeah, and Shakespeare actually talked, like, how we talk now. Well, howdy-do! <laughs> Would you look at that? <laughs> which is super not proven. Anyway, um, so Matt is visiting Melinda just to gloat and be like, now I have your powers and I will go take more powers and convict more witches so they will burn because I'm an evil warlock. And she's like, I never wanted your love. Take this locket back. And he's like, (laughs) I'm going to open this locket because I want to gloat but beware she put a spell in there and so she curses him into the locket and i do want to say that this spell the like no only sorrow no only pain Mm -hmm. uh is the more one of the more convincing spells Mm. i think 
um, of this series so mm. far. Like, it rhymes well. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a nice rhythm to it as well. Oh, Melinda Warren. Yeah, and then the locket shuts, and we travel many years into the future, mm-hmm. at which uh, Rex at Buckland is trying to open that same locket. Yes. And uh, then Prue walks into her office where he is, and he's like, oh, um, I was just, you know, inspecting the shipment yes. from an estate back east, Boston. And uh, is like, okay, catalog them, please. And she's like, all right. And she picks up the locket when he's out of the room. And he like, sidles out. And she opens it immediately, and Matthew pops out of it. Gasp. Gasps. And he says, ah, because you could open that locket, you must be a descendant of Melinda Warren, the witch who trapped me in there. And Prue uses her power on him, um, and he's like, ha-ha, now I've got your power. So there. And he uses it on her. And he uses it on her and shoves her up against the wall with a chair. Which is terrible. And then he disappears and reappears in the office. Oh my behind god. Her, he like again. teleported. He yeah. ap- apparated. Disapparated. Disapparated. And this is the first introduction we have to the series of the concept of blinking. Oh, it comes back later. Very fun. Yeah. Blinking becomes a concept that like all warlocks can use. Oh, that's not fun. No, it's not. But this is the first time that it's shown. And I okay. think it's actually pretty effective. Okay. Like it's not as cheesy as the other kind of CGI warlock effects. Mm-hmm. And it's also scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't figure out his movements. He just appears. Yeah. So good on Cheryl J. Anderson for introducing this to the Charmed universe. Uh, all right. So he has what he wants, um, and now he's got to get more of the stuff that he wants. Yeah. He tells her to use her other powers on him, mm-hmm. and she's like, I don't have any other powers. He's like, oh, so there are more. Hallowell, okay. So. Oh, yeah, he reads he, her name. Like, he reads her nameplate. So he's like, okay, I have to go find the others. And he breaks the window <laughs> with his mind and then jumps out the window and lands amidst some cafe goers 10 stories down. They are startled. They are startled. And he's like, whatever. And he walks off and steals someone's croissant. So mm. you know he's a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't clear enough. Um, okay, so that is that, I guess. Do we go to the credits now, or do we wait? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Prue is stunned, and we go to the credits. Great. When we, re- when we come back after the credits, we are now back at the scene of the crime. Um, a lot of people are being interviewed by coppers, amongst them Daryl and Andy, uh, the coppers, not the people being interviewed. <laughs> um, and they're talking about how this guy could have landed on his feet unscathed after a 12-story drop from a window. We forgot something. What did we forget? San Francisco! Yes, you are completely correct. I'm so sorry. No. Okay, and then we, okay. Yes. Then we go to this scene that Bryce is talking about. Yes. Um, so Andy is convinced that there's something suspicious afoot. And Daryl's like, well, I guess we have to go figure out whose office window that is. And Andy's like, I know whose it is. It's Prue's. It's Prue's. And um, Daryl says one of my favorite lines of this episode, well, I guess you better pull out your secret ghost decoder <laughs> ring. <laughs> X-Files. Uh. Do-wee, ooh-wee, ooh-wee. Okay. 
So that was pretty good. That was like a really good thank you. <laughs> acoustic rendition. I do it all the time in my <laughs> head. Um, okay, so they're off to investigate, and they mm-hmm. already know that Prue's involved. Off to the races. Um, then we go back to the manor. Yes. Yeah, so meanwhile, back at the Hallowell Manor, Phoebe and Piper are helping Leo. <laughs> Leo's plumbing. <laughs> He's doing the plumbing, and um, Piper is still on trying to like work up the nerve to ask him out and Phoebe has you know kind of given up she's like knows that Piper is the one who wants she's to she's super switched yeah. she's totally switched teams now she's like very supportive of Piper still teasing her but like teasing her to get her to go mm-hmm. after what she wants mm-hmm. and she's like am i the only one who has the take a chance gene and Piper goes am i the only one who has the can run your own business gene <laughs> i was like oh no it's not run your own business it's a Run your bu- run a business, Gene? No, on it's your not own? that. Um, Piper says, well, I don't know. Does that Gene go along with the can't mind your oh, own business, Gene? mind your Okay, not as not as cutting as I thought it was then. No, your, your version was definitely more, like, um, dependent upon class lines, which I enjoyed. There was an analysis of uh, um, power yes, there. Yes, yes, or agency, perhaps. Agency, perhaps. But no, uh, what was written was simply a dig at Phoebe being a snoop. Ah, well. Bryce Wong for Charmed Writer. <laughs> Get me in that writer's room. 2K19. Um, okay. Well, so they have this thing, this little this little uh, dispute. A little tiff. A little tiff. And uh, then Prue... Piper's never asked someone out. Well, she had, but it ended after 24 hours. But that's it. Yeah. That's, I guess what, that's what they say. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. She needs a little confidence, that little boost. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, yes. Sorry. Okay, so then while they're having their little tiff, uh, Prue runs into the room because she has a lot to tell them. And she's like, we're in trouble. And then they're like, great, uh, say hi to Leo. She's like, oh, hi, Leo. Oh, hi, Leo. <laughs> and he, he does the same thing he does always, like, Hey, bro. He's yeah. He's super cheerful. Super, just like happy to be here. Yeah, just happy to be here doing the plumbing. Yeah, being the handyman I am. Handyman I am. And um, Prue's like, great. Uh, uh, sisters, uh, in the other room, please. We gotta talk. Sisters, attic now. <laughs> to the attic. Um. Okay. And then we go back to Buckland. Yeah. And uh, Hannah, Hannah, and Rex are being interviewed by the yes, police. Yes, this is it. And they say, Hannah says she heard a scuffle and some glass breaking, and that was it. (laughs) They were gone. Yep. And Prue ran out. And Rex is like, I don't care about the missing locket or the missing whatever. All I care about is Prue. Yeah. And so Andy and Daryl are investigating, and Daryl's like, you know, we should probably ask the captain to assign somebody else to this case. Right. And then uh, Andy's insistent on the fact that he's fine. He has no bias because he and Prue have broken up. Very recently, which is definitely bias. Yeah. He's not He's not quite thinking with a clear head. No. And um, then we go to the next room, and Hannah and Rex were scheming <gasps> all along. Schemesters. They wanted Prue to open the locket. They wanted the warlock Matthew to go after them. And um, so it's all a part of their big evil plan. Diabolical. Diabolical. And apparently Hannah has horns. Yeah. We don't see them, but I guess she does. Uh, (laughs) 
Okay, so that happens. Uh, meanwhile, Phoebe is at the manor, and um, I don't know how she gets to this, but she sees the past. Yeah, she. I think they're just at the Book of Shadows. Oh, or the locket, maybe. It's uh, the locket because Prue has the locket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This so right, she touches the locket, right. and Phoebe sees Melinda curse Matthew into the locket. Yes, and she's like, oh, I saw the past. Her powers. Her powers. They're growing. They're growing. The book said they would grow, and now their powers are growing. Ah. Oh. Okay, and then we're with Matthew again. Yeah. And Matthew has found a lawyer with the last name of Hallowell, mm-hmm. and this is the wrong Hallowell, but Matthew kills him anyway. Yeah. I do enjoy, though, when um, um, Matthew, like, levitates him with his mind powers and is like, I'm going to kill you. And the lawyer is like, let me go or I'll sue you. <laughs> I'll sue. As soon as I get down from this chair. Oh, you'll no. see. You'll all see. I'm dead. Oh. Bummer. And Matthew's Bummer. like, lawyers have not changed. Um, and I'm like, all right, Shakespeare. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, Okay. So they're in. Oh yeah, we go back to the, the attic. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Hallowell attic, and they're like, "What are we gonna do? This guy's coming after us!" And uh, Piper and Phoebe are like, "Well, Matthew can take a number. There are always people yeah. coming after us." Actually, Piper, like, they're like, "What should we do?" And I remembered Piper with like a deadpan face goes, "I say we hide." <laughs> Piper always the most relatable. I, I actually like laughed out loud at that point. <laughs> I love that. Um, Anyway, and then they go downstairs uh, for whatever reason, and Leo's there yeah. with a sandwich watching the news. Oh, yeah, and he's like, hey, Prue, your place of work is on the news. He's just hanging out. He's Come on. Don't you work here? Yeah, Leo, you're a handyman, not a sit-and-watch-TV man. Oh, you got him. Burn. Yeah. Sick burn. I just thought it was charming. Yeah. I think everything he does is charming at this season. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's cute. I like his buns. Okay. Um, so... Uh, Watching the news, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, wait, Andy's on the TV. And Phoebe's like, and Andy's here at the front door. I'm going to go get him. And she walks outside, and she's like, Andy, why are you here? I thought you guys broke up. Yeah, what's good, dude? It's police business. (laughs) He's super angsty this episode. He's, like, got so many moods. Yeah. Uh, He's got one mood. It's moody. Oh. Um, (laughs) So he's like, I got to see Prue. And she's like, well, she's at work. No, she's not. Well, I don't know where she is then. Well, let me see your sister. And she's like, let me see your warrant. Oh, got him. He was being a bit pushy. Yeah, he was. He was like, I don't know, whatever. He's he's uh, projecting his own personal feelings about Prue into police business, which is mm-hmm. never good. Um, and fortunately, like, it doesn't result in anything too drastic. Right. But in another show, it could have. Yeah. It, it just means for this show that he is um, being a little harsh with the way he handles things and approaches mm-hmm. things. And you don't want that guy on an organization that is supposedly enforcing the law. Yeah. Our system is corrupt. Anyway. Anyway. So he doesn't have a warrant, and he's sent away. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, no, we have a lore... L- a lorelock. Um, now we have a warlock and the PD looking looking for us. Yeah. Bummer. Prue. What an interesting life she leads. Yeah. So um, the thing that they, that they decide to do is summon their ancestor from the past who had originally put Matthew away in the locket. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Miss, Ms. Melinda Warren. Ms. 
Miss Melinda. Miss Melinda. Melissima. <laughs> and so they do a kind of seance thing. And I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It was very cute. They talk about like how they took a blood oath in camp when they were younger or whatever, and then and they're like bickering about like you can't stand blood. We destroyed demons in our attic. And Piper's like, yeah, the last time I did a blood oath, my finger got infected. <laughs> I couldn't swim for all of camp. I don't want to do this again. Um, but they do it. They put their blood in the center chalice or whatever it was, and they summon M- Melinda. And she appears, and, and she's she said, beautiful. I know, and she's like, she's like, blessed be. Yeah. And then we go to commercial. Yep. And um, then we come back from commercial, and Phoebe is uh, giving Melinda a dress so she can blend in better. Yeah. And Melinda's like, zipper? What's <laughs> a zipper? Do not tear this dress just to fit me. Etc. Yeah, they have a lot of fun, like, out of time gags that they yeah. pull. They're very, some of them are very silly. <laughs> I think this actress um, who plays Melinda is really good at, even when she's wearing modern dress, not fitting in <laughs> to the modern world. Yeah. Because she keeps that, like, affected yeah. way of speaking. And but the way she, she carries herself. The way she carries herself. So I think that's successful. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just has to embody the fact that she's better than everyone. Peasants. <laughs> Peasants. Uh, uh, mere mortals, muggles. Yes. So they're trying to put her into uh, modern day clothes, and then Leo comes by and he's like, "What's up, sisters?" And who are you? Oh, it's our cousin Melinda. Mm, it's our cousin Melinda. And then they quote some Shakespeare at each other, and we're like, "Okay, I guess Leo Leo knows Shakespeare." Yeah. He knew something about Mayans. Now he knows something about Shakespeare. He's a history buff. Yeah, truly. He uses that for his plumbing skills. I guess. He has many interests. One of them is plumbing. <laughs> the other is Shakespeare. Um, uh, and then Prue's like, all right, this was fun. And she hustles them <laughs> all out. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this fun? Okay, let's go. Nice segue there. Mm-hmm. Back at the Buckland and, or no, back with Buckland and Hannah, they have located Matthew at a hardware store, which is pretty gross because he's in the middle, or he had just murdered somebody again. Another dead Hallowell. Yep. Um, he had just stapled somebody to the wall, which was... Great. That guy was hanging out there in the background while they had this entire scene go down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he was out of focus, but I could still see him. <laughs> and um, Hannah and Rex convince Matthew to come with them and that they're here to help him navigate in the real world because they want the same thing that he does, mm-hmm. which is him to take the witch's powers. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to manipulate him to do their bidding. Yes. And it seems like it succeeds for the yes. most part because he goes with them. Yeah. So then the sisters uh, back at the Hallow Manor are talking to Melinda about their troubles. Uh, and they're like, what do we do with this Thomas or this uh, Matthew guy? I don't know why. I said, oh, anyway, so. so the sisters are back with Melinda at the Hallow Manor and they're trying to tell them about, or they're trying to tell her about this Matthew guy and like, what do we do? How do we get rid of him? And she says that they got to curse him back into the locket because if they use their powers against him, he will obtain those powers. Mm-hmm. And there's a little conversation here in which they ask Melinda, why didn't you use your powers to save yourself from burning at the stake? Right. And she explains that the reason she didn't use her powers is because she had a daughter and that if she did do so, I guess her reasoning was that they wouldn't stop coming after Melinda and her daughter and they would also make her daughter burn. Because it would validate the fact that she's a witch as she used her powers. Exactly. And so Melinda made a sacrifice in order for the Warren line to continue 
and be passed down. So was she murdered not because they validated that she was a witch, but just because she was accused? Yeah, so that's the whole great, awful thing about these witch trials, which we know actually happened. Many, many women were accused of being witches. Um, oh, and just being the because, safe side. Yeah, crops were failing, and people fell ill, and it was a religious fervor in order to purge the evil from mm-hmm. these towns. It was an inquisition. Yeah, exactly, and it's it was completely unfair. The awful part about well, all of this, but the awful part about the trial is that these methods of trial said that if we burn someone and she survives, then she's a witch. You're right. If she dies, then she was innocent. Yeah, it was this whole, like, backwards way of thinking. We're like, well, if we have the affirmative case, then we'll know, but it's like she's already dead at that point. It was only to kill these women. It was Uh. just to kill these women. And, um, And there was another method that was dunking them. I remember that like one. Drown, like, a witch can't drown, mm-hmm. so if we dunk someone and they drown, they're not a witch. Yes, the system was always stacked against them because it was really couched in the fact that they just wanted to murder people who, f- who they feared. Mm-hmm. And it exactly. wasn't really to, it wasn't a fair trial in any sense of the way, yep. of the word. Um, but before we close out on this really um, depressing thought, I just want to say that uh, Melinda Warren's daughter was named Prudence. Mm-hmm. And she carried on the tradition, and that's how we got the Hallowell sisters. So it did carry on. Of course, (sighs) part of me is like, no, Melinda, just use your powers, grab your daughter, transport your, like, teleport yourself, or, you know, or Get the heck out of Boston. Get the heck out of Dodge. Um, But she chose to go a route that was self-sacrificial. Yeah. And she and she did save her daughter in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that basic scene, yep. <laughs> um, um, where they all talk to Melinda and they really connect with her. And it's mm-hmm. like this beautiful scene about family and heritage and. Um, and they explain that Matt copies powers. Mm-hmm. So it's also got some good expositional uh, plot and a good top from Phoebe. Phoebe's wearing a great shirt. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, I gotta say, 90s fashion, super weird, because in the previous, <laughs> I was just noticing whenever, like, um, Phoebe would wear tops to, like, show off, they'd be, like, low-cut, and they'd be, like, fancy, and they'd, like, have cool um, fabric, and then the other dress, like, which was the other, like, style of dress that they would wear from this, like, spaghetti strap would just be, like, sweaters, sweaters and, like, cardigans, and they're all, like, double-knitted or something, and I'm like, what? The, the contrast here is strong. 90s fashion contains multitudes. Yes. Wow. You really hit the nail on the head there. Thank you. Okay, and so we go to Buckland. Yes. And um, <laughs> and Matthew is half naked yes. as Hannah looks on. Yeah. And he's like, are these pants meant to be so tight? And she's like, yep, <laughs> yep, they are. Hannah, you minx. And um, he says some gross stuff later. Oh, he says some real gross stuff, yeah. But he's like, why are you turning away? You can admire me. It's fine. Like, I'm hot. I know I'm hot. Douchebag. But he knows he's hot. He's like, go ahead and look. And she's like, um, it's a very complex issue these days with, Mm -hmm. like, sexual harassment and workplace etiquette and political correctness. And uh, I just found it funny that a demon was talking about, or whatever Hannah is, Uh was talking about (laughs) political correctness. I just thought I, that was that was an interesting 
uh, modern day Satan, you <laughs> yeah. know, kind of thing. If Satan was a woman. If Satan was in charge of HR. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's uh, sneaking some peeks at him, and then right. Rex comes in and is like... Do we want to say the gross stuff that he says or no? Sure. I mean, I don't really have any... I didn't, like, prepare any comments. I just... It's it's less that he says gross stuff, and it more it's more that he just like looms over her. I think. What I, else would he say? I it it was it was. It was more that he he was like reinforcing this idea that sexual harassment doesn't oh exist. is okay yeah because yeah. he's like yeah. wow what strange times where you can't just like have these you can't just be open about your feelings or whatever and I'm like you're totally misinterpreting. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have any conception of what she's actually saying. This he is just, true. He interprets it to be like people have to hide their desire, which is interesting because it's a reversal of what you would usually expect, where it's a woman looking at a man. Right. Um, so there is a lot built into this scene, but it's mm-hmm. really all under the guise of them both being evil. Yeah. Which is something that, like, you see villains coded with this, like, heavy, heavy, like, sexuality and seduction, Mm -hmm. and that he is doing that. But a lot of the times, it's the female villains that have that. Mm -hmm. So while Matthew completely turns around what she's saying, Mm -hmm. it is an interesting depiction of, like, the female gaze rather than the male gaze. It's subversive in some ways and Mm -hmm. also deeply problematic in other ways. The 90s. The 90s. Yeah, so interesting scene. I actually like, I'm growing to like Hannah. (laughs) Anyway, so Rex comes in and is like, why is he naked? And (laughs) she's like, what what the devil is going on here? What the devil? And Matthew's like, "Um, well, she couldn't decide what I should wear. She kept making me change. And Rex is like, oh my God. (laughs) Just put on a shirt and get out of here. Put on a shirt. And he goes over to Hannah and he's like, once he does what we want him to do, he's going back in the locket. So, wow, so we know this entire time. Double crossing. Wow. Evil, evil, evil. Okay, Every so. Every villain is lemons. <laughs> back to the Hallowell Manor. Um, they're at the Book of Shadows, and we learn a little bit about the history of the Book of Shadows at this mm-hmm. point, which is kind of fun and cool. Um, I think this is the most backstory we get about, like, the practice of Wicca yeah. um, from, you know, in the universe of this show. And basically, Melinda says that she was one who started the book, but all f- uh, future subsequent generations of Warrens and Hallowells have added to it, and that's why it's gotten thicker and it's grown. And um, eventually, perhaps, the sisters will add to it as well. Yeah, and they'll write their own spells. And Phoebe was like, what? What? You're not serious. You're Get like, out of yeah, here. Yeah, why would I be anything else? Life is on the line. <laughs> um, but so they're getting a really nice uncovering of their own yeah. history and inheritance. It's They're demystifying what it is to be a witch, which is cool because, th- I mean, that's all a part about learning about how to be a witch. Yeah, and they finally have the chance to talk to a mentor figure. That's exactly what this is. It's great. Okay. And uh, Melinda writes down her own... She's writing down the, the curse oh, yeah, yeah. recipe, and she uses a pencil, and she's like, A pencil? <laughs> what is this? Delightful! <laughs> She's like giggling to herself I as she's it. reading. And I just I wanted to give a little shout out, as I periodically do, to uh, Holly Marie Combs' face acting <laughs> skills when she's looking on, watching Melinda, and just like looking on with a mixture of adoration mm-hmm. and like amusement. And I was just like, oh, I love her so much. I love her. Anyway. 
Cool. So this all goes down. They figured out a curse, and they're going to go make that curse happen. Oh, and, and Melinda says their inheritance encompasses a quick temper, powers, and great cheekbones. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, looking at, like, they, like, cut between all the sisters, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, these actresses have nice facial structure. Good job. Good, good hacking work. That's pretty funny. So Hannah and Buckland are still grooming Matthew. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like telling him, we think you should go find this next sister. She has this power. Uh, Sick her. Sick, sick, sick it. Sick, what what is the phrase? Sick (laughs) him. Sick him, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay, so then um, they're Melinda... And the gals are making the curse again, and um, curses are not to be taken lightly. But they require rosemary, apparently. Apparently, and yeah. Some other for herbs. aromatics, <laughs> you know, you gotta make a nice smelling yes. curse. Um, Don't wanna stink up yeah. the kitchen. Put in those uh, shallots and your <laughs> celery and your. Ar- <laughs> Cooking is a type of magic. Um, anyway, so uh, then Melinda says, and we need a feather from a spotted owl, and they're like, yikes, that's an endangered species, and she's yeah. like, what does that mean? It means pollutants, <laughs> trash in the ocean, the environment is deforestation. Deforestation, and it's Phoebe saying all these things, yeah. which is very in character. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants a man who recycles. Uh, yeah, but we should um, all. But anyway, they come to the conclusion that they need the spotted owl feather, and it would either be at the zoo or a museum, and so Prue is going to get it in some way. Okay, and then... And then uh, Piper is going to go to Quake to get the rest of the ingredients. Wait, wait, I have to to say this great line because um, Piper's going to go to Quake and she says, and they're like all worried. They're like, oh, you can't leave. Or I guess Melinda's worried. She's like, you can't leave. Like, he's going to find you. And uh, Piper goes, how would he even know I'm at Quake? Cuts to Quake, evil voiceover. Ha, 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 when she (laughs) arrives, my plan will be fulfilled. I was like, this is the cheesiest nonsense I've ever seen. Yeah, we get some nice evil exposition. Like hard smashes to Quake, and it's like (laughs) him doing a voiceover. And literally, that's it. That's all we get because before a commercial break. Yeah, it's, they they forgot to film that scene, but they're like, bring him in for ADR, and we'll like do this quickly. No, he's there for like a second. Oh, I didn't even remember seeing him. Yeah, they're oh. there in the car. Oh, but that's it. That's the entire scene. They're there in the car. He's like, ah, as soon as the witch gets to this earthquake place, <laughs> then I shall steal her powers and i shall be reborn <laughs> but you know whatever yeah. evil exposition okay commercial okay. break and then we come back uh-oh uh piper and phoebe are in the restaurant and phoebe gets cornered in the kitchen by yeah. matthew she's like smacking him with like a stick or something <laughs> get away get, get out of here no <laughs> and he uh snatches her by her shoulders and she i guess involuntarily like sees yeah the she future. gets a vision yeah and she gets a vision uh, or a premonition of him uh, attacking Melinda. Oh, yes. And then, because I guess this is her using her power against him, mm-hmm. he goes, ha, huh, I have now acquired your power. Yes. And um, as this is happening, uh, he blinks out of existence and goes to get, to go to Melinda, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, they call the house uh, to see if Prue is still there. Right, right. And but again, we have this out of time gag about she's like doesn't know how to pick up the phone yeah and Prue has gone to get the spotted right. owl feather and Melinda's home and uh yeah doesn't know how to pick up the phone accidentally hangs it up um sends like takes turns the voicemail off and yeah. they're like oh no we gotta go and then she like gets confused by the blender yeah. too. <laughs> uh, it's comedy of errors yeah exactly 
Um, and then Matthew shows up at the house. Yes, because now that he's seen Melinda's back in the back in the back future, in, back to the future. <laughs> now that she's back to the future, he needs to get rid of her as well. Yeah, and so he comes to try to kill her, and he's like, "You use your freezing powers on me," and she's like, "No." And then he monologues for a while. <laughs> God, lesson lesson to all villains: just kill people. <laughs> Don't monologue. And then lesson to all heroes. I think Make it, them monologue. <laughs> I think it's part of their psychopathic nature mm-hmm. where they want the attention and the display of power. Narcissism. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. So maybe I shouldn't monologue to myself in the mirror all the time. <laughs> if your monologue is, you can do it, Shayna. Look at you. You're going to get out there and you're going to wow them all. Then I think you should. But if I go, look at you, Shayna. You're gonna go kill some witches. Then maybe I should. Then maybe see you should. Someone for some help. Yeah, maybe we should end this podcast now, and I should leave. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. It was real nice uh, talking to you while it lasted. But now that I've outed myself as a warlock, <laughs> I think we should end this podcast. And I'm Bryce. You can find me at. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bryce. Somebody help me, please. Um, anyway, so he monologues about killing everyone and making her watch and then killing her mm-hmm. and then he ends the monologue with a really gross kiss oh yeah Ugh. i was gonna say like why does it have to be like that because it just it's gross i don't know i, uh, I don't it, like it i thought it was unnecessary again an abuse of power yeah um and then he blinks out of there off to kill prue or phoebe <sighs> or piper anyone that he can kill off to the wizard uh, so, <laughs> Anna and Rex are like, where did he go? Matthew, um, we had him at the Quake restaurant, and now he's gone, and this was not part of their plan at all. Yeah, Hannah lost him, and it's just not working out very well, pretty much. Piper and Phoebe returned to the manor um, with the news that uh, Phoebe's powers had gotten um, acquired, and Melinda's there, and she tells them that Matthew had been there, and they're all like, oh, we gotta get this curse going. Where is Prue with the feather? Prue is stealing! Be gay, do crime. <laughs> Victimless crime. Um, she uh, breaks into the museum to get the uh, feather from the stuffed spotted owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh oh, she's been followed. Yeah, she's been followed by Andy. And Andy grabs her and is like, okay, you got some splaining to do. You got some splaining to do. You got some splaining to do. And so they're in his car, and he's like, Prue, you gotta tell me what's going on. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, nope. And he's like, Prue, I know you don't trust me, but this is real. Mm-hmm. You gotta tell me what's going on. Why the heck were you stealing a feather? And she's like, nope. Yeah. But he's also being kind of a jerk about it. Yeah, yeah. He is. It's, again, it's that mix of, like, projection yeah. and also wanting to know what's happening yeah. with the feather. But mostly, mostly it's like, mm-hmm. you have to tell me your secret. And she's like, Andy, I gotta go. And she blows his airbag so he can't run after her. Uh-huh. It traps him. She runs out of there. She makes her escape into the night. Uh, and she returns back to the manor. Mm-hmm. Just, Just in, in time. time. <laughs> because uh, Matthew has also returned to the manor. Mm-hmm. And there's a little showdown. And... Uh, he's advancing on them, and he's uh, trying to get Piper's powers. He's like, then, use your power. And she's like, no. No. And never. he, oh, Rex and Hannah had given him a gun. <gasps> that was right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, how does he know how to use that? Anyway. 
Yeah, he points it the wrong way, holds it by the. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. He like just like has no idea what it is, and it's like magic wand go. Grabs it by like the um the 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 link. What's it? The elbow, and he's like throws it. <laughs> Boomerang back. Wow, this would have been a real good end to this episode, I believe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's there, and he's threatening them, and he, like, grabs Piper and threatens her with the gun, and it doesn't doesn't do anything, and then he threatens Phoebe with the gun while holding Piper, and then Prue storms in and is like, uh, Piper, save yourself. And so she launches out of the way, and Matt turns back to Prue, and Prue launches a chair at him, and he really goes down hard with yeah. that chair. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Then finally, not the chair. Not the chair. Give him the chair. Got me with the chair again. And then uh, Prue finally throws the feather into the mix. Yes. And so the potion. Oh, and they freeze him. Oh, and they freeze him. Yeah. So they freeze him. Throw the uh, feather in. It's complete. And then Melinda curses him back again into the locket. And he's as he's being sucked in in this weird distorted effect they really like to use on the show. (laughs) And he's like, this isn't over! And the locket shuts. And Melinda's like, yes it is. Forever. It's a happy ending. Mm -hmm. Um, How many Jeremys? Um, For this one... I would give Melinda the Jeremys. Oh. And like let her distribute them. Um, I. He was a pretty scary villain. He was just by nature of like how psychopathic he was. And he was the most powerful because he had all mm-hmm. these other powers. Exactly. So I would give it. We didn't do it for the other episode. Darn it. Oh well, it's fine. I would give this like three. Two yeah, and a half, three, yeah, because it was a very short yeah ending to him, but it was very satisfying. This is true because all all of the women work together yes. to trap him forever. I completely agree with that because it was like super. Um, I think that the setup was like super super high stakes because it was like you can't use your powers but you have to make the potion happen or the curse happen but he's also there in the room like how can you do like there was like the logistics of it was just so difficult and Agreed. the fact that they all like finagled it was like super satisfying yeah so yeah it but wasn't it, it wasn't like melodramatic exactly but it was satisfying but because so, so, so because it was satisfying but it wasn't like dramatic 2.5 yeah for me nice okay so back at Buckland, Rex and Hannah are scheming. Ah, foiled again. They're like, nah, dang. And Hannah's like, why? We should have just taken care of them ourselves. And Rex is like, yeah, we should have. So we know what's coming. <gasps> They're going to try to take care of the Hallowells themselves. Foreshadowing. And then we switch to the precinct. And Andy's like, wake the judge up right now. It's the middle of the night, but I need an arrest warrant for Prue Hallowell. And Daryl's like, why are you going to do that? She will bust your rank. Um, how are you going to explain that this girl got away from you? Yeah. And he was like, Andy Trudeau, I'm just going to say this, but you're going to embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I guess Andy doesn't yeah. go. And he, I hope he starts to process 
Yeah, because he's in like his anger phase of um, what's the five stages of grief. Yeah, he's in his anger st- yeah. his anger stage. Hundred um, percent. So Daryl is the voice of reason. Thanks, yep. Daryl. Good, good on you, Daryl. Good on you, Daryl. And Andy huffs. Great, Gregor, great. Okay, end of that. <laughs> Back to the Hallowell Manor, where we're uh, finishing out this um, family victory. Yeah, and Leo comes by and uh, is like, I got some work to do. And Piper's like, oh, can you come back <laughs> later? We're getting our cousin Melinda ready to <laughs> say goodbye. We're getting ready to, uh, to bring her, put her back in the world of the dead, so. <laughs> so uh, we just need some time. And Leo's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll just come back tomorrow. Okay. And Piper's like, Leo, wait. I got something to say. Uh, you want to go out? <laughs> and Leo's like, yeah. yeah. Want to go out? Yay! She did it. She it did only it. took uh, five episodes. It took a while. Yeah. But it was nice. It's again. It's a. You knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. And it was a good payoff. Yeah, it was worth it. And then uh, Leo scoots out of there, and Piper goes back up. And they're like, "Oh man, do you have to say goodbye, Melinda? Like you're so important to us. You taught us so much." Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I gotta go. This isn't my time. I don't belong here. I'm super glad that she's not one of those, like, uh, characters where they, like, start out good and then they turn on you because they get selfish and they're like, I want to stay. I want to live forever. Oh, yeah. No, she, well, she is, like, the most selfless That's character. right. She killed herself in the first place yeah. for her lineage. So it's not as if she's going to be suddenly yeah. changing her character yeah. completely. So I, I am glad that this writer, yeah. her storyline ends with yeah. this episode, but it but it is a lasting impact. Yes. A worse writer, I think, would have used that opportunity to be like, and now she's an evil villain. Yeah, twist. Twist. A twist. But again, they just focused on the character, mm-hmm. uh, the plot serving the character rather the character as a tool right. for the twist or plot. Right. So it's a, it's a bittersweet ending. Yeah. But overall, I think the most satisfying ending yeah so far yeah and only second only to um dead man dating yeah you're right those were both really good i think it's because in both of them the sisters feel like they grew a bit throughout the episode yeah the sisters grew they learned something and they also lost they loved they lost and they learned yeah and that is the hymn of the hallowell sisters oh okay I guess that's it. They just send Melinda back. And yeah, just and they say, we can always bring her back again. And they smile at each other, and then we go to credits. Ta-da! We've done it yet again. Wow. Incredible. Um, okay, well, any last thoughts on this episode? Hmm. Should we do a blood oath? <laughs> okay, if we were about to do a blood oath, what would it be? Um, I think their blood oath is that they'll be friends forever in addition to being sisters. We'll be pod buds forever <laughs> in addition to being friends. I like it the other way around better, I think. Oh. Friends forever in addition to being pod The commitment buddies. is I'm not sure I'm ready for that, actually. Oh, Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so courtesy of Andrew, we have a blood oath. Yeah, his suggestion was that we solemnly swear to keep doing witchy shit in New York and build a secret underground school for witches. 
Um, <laughs> applications are open. Applications <laughs> open are open now. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to be sending out a Google form <laughs> for everyone to apply to our secret underground school for witches. Um, and I'm going to tack on to that blood oath. Friends forever. Friends forever. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, Shana, I'll see you in two weeks for re- recording this episode. Two weeks from when they hear this. Oh, yeah. Two weeks from when you hear this. this I will finally reunite with Bryce. Yeah. This is the last pre... Well, they're all pre-recorded. This is the last um, stockpiled This is the last episode. stockpiled episode in our marathon of podcasting. So hopefully the next one you hear will be one that we've actually recorded after re- re- reuniting after more than a month apart. Yeah. That will be joyous. That'll be emotional for sure. So stick around for a song... Uh, Don't forget to write us at charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at charmedspellcast. Leave us a review. Let your friends know about uh, the two idiots doing witchy shit. And I'm Shayna. You can find me at Shayna Macy. Uh, I'm Bryce. You can find me at nude.js, nude spelled N-O-O-D, or at finishedfoodstagram, all one word. And, uh, yeah. Go have a good 2019. Woo! Okay, bye. Bye. There are ripples across time. Even when one girl is silenced, I'll hear her voice calling mine. And when her fire's dampened, still an ember's bound to shine. When we see ripples across time There are blows left in our bones Even though we may be rusty and our bodies moving slow The instinct rushes through us when we fight we're not alone When we feel blows left in our bones And what I believe is when these girls see me They need the witch that they wish they could be So I stuff pockets full of stardust And teach them to spell well And know that only time will tell Yes, I know that only time will tell There is magic in our trust Even when the tank is empty And again we're biting dust We gather courage from our mothers And we leap because we must When we see magic in our trust There are changes yet unknown Even when the storm is wailing and unearthing seeds we sown, we'll gather one another and hold shelter for our own when we brave changes yet unknown. And what I believe is when those girls walk through, they'll do much more than I could ever do. So I'll stuff pockets full of stories And I'm cheering when they yell And I know only time will tell Yes, I know only time will tell You've been listening to Earbud Media Production.
Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.